you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And here on the line with me today, I have a old friend of mine who uh, will talk about how we met. But uh, we have Mr. Christoph Mills with Heston Q on the line. So thanks for calling in, Christoph. Hey, Amy, it's a pleasure to, to be on a call with you. For my listeners out there, I'll just tell y'all the short version. Uh, I met Christoph like many of the people I meet that are on the show. I met him on Facebook, but I met him on Facebook when he was with a company that sold immersion circulators, and I almost got him in all kinds of trouble because uh, my friends started really... Uh, going after their Facebook page and joining and watching and following. And long story short, I ended up getting a uh, sous vide machine that I got to play with and learn. And it was kind of my first big fancy piece of kitchen equipment that uh, stepped up my game a little bit. So thank you, Christoph, for, uh, for, for, allowing me to bombard bombard your Facebook page and <laughs> and then get yeah, to learn how to cook. I, I remember I will never forget that. Uh but you know if if uh if you know Amy you know the power she has behind her. So you did get me in trouble but it was all for the good. <laughs> well you know y'all be careful what you say on social media. If you say who wants this uh, someone's going to say, I want it, and you better give it to me. <laughs> so now we know, we say, who wants to buy this? <laughs> well, So, Christoph, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get you on the show because I feel like there is this kind of evolution that cooks go through. And I'm watching it with my family and my friends as well as my chef friends that – when we do have just a little bit of free time, we start to research what the next coolest, greatest thing is. And if we have a chance to play with it, we go for it. And I feel like beginner cooks are starting off a little bit more sophisticated than, say, the beginner cook of 10 years ago. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, it's definitely um, a situation where you can find yourself uh, – on a lot of blogs, you can uh, research and, and narrow down really on some areas like sous vide cooking or get all into beer making or coffee making. All of, all of these segments really have, or these categories, have developed such a depth of you know, different tools and choices, and there's many blogs around it. So for sure, I think that people, um, are whether they are completely beginners or diving into a new subject, have have a way to delve really deep and, and start with some really cool tools and gadgets to to get something done in this new area that they want to explore. I feel like we, um, you know, whenever I, I think about it and I, I see my, uh, you know, my friend's kids or the teenagers uh, wanting to get cooking, it's like not, hey, I want to learn how to fry an egg. It's I want to be able to sous vide poach an egg in a shell and serve it in a bowl of pho. And, you know, I think back to whenever I first started cooking and I was just happy not to burn the cookies. But, uh, you know, is there something about us, you know, as people that we are embracing more complicated or interesting food, or are we just looking for something interesting? 
Um, actually, I think what what the reason is for this that if you look back in about just what you said, my your worry was I don't want to burn the cookie, right? And yes. why did you have that worry? Because it's it's a lot of the old way of cooking is, is there's a lot of guesswork involved, and it's frustrating. So people people get really excited about um, certain tools or gadgets that that sort of. A, Make you think you you have less guesswork and more 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 um, success, and so I think that's what some of these tools actually accomplish, and that's the exciting part that people will now in the future and already start to cook with less guessing and less worrying about burning the cookie, but more about expressing themselves and doing something cool. And it's it's like a project, it's a hobby. We're not cooking anymore because we have to put food on the table. In fact, there's better, quicker, cheaper ways to put food on the yes. table and to cook yourself. So I think that's that's really what's the driver that people just see these different tools. And a lot of and this is what what happened when you and I got connected many like seven, eight years ago. Um, what happened there is like a lot of people that have no culinary background are developing now tools for the kitchen. So you have scientists and engineers and designers that sort of look at the kitchen as a problem space and say like, there ought to be a better way to do this. Because if you really think about it, the old way is just like practice, practice, practice. Um, do it hundred times so you figure out how to do it, and you do. You can only do a certain segment of. of uh, you have your five uh, re- recipes that you know how to do, and everything else is still guesswork, even even though you cook every day. And so, I think that's that's really the driver, and that's a new thing, and that's the the new age will be sort of going forward that. Uh, you can just walk in a kitchen that has the right tools in there and you can make anything just like you take up an iPhone and you can take a pretty damn good picture uh, <laughs> or or you or you, you sit in the car and you type in, I want to go to this place, I've never been there, and you get there without getting lost, right? And so in the kitchen, it was kind of the same thing that's happening right now. Yeah, so technology is preventing people from getting lost in the kitchen and kind of, it, it seems to me that it, it's kind of that, like having a, a teacher right next to you now. We're we're seeing people that are actually learning how to peel a shrimp by watching a video on YouTube, or they're learning how to cook something because uh, they're getting they have an app on their phone. So, do we think that technology is moving in too much, or do we think that this is uh, like gonna make cooking foolproof? <laughs> Uh, I, I think there is a huge opportunity, and and I uh, it's I'm biased, right? I believe in the technology can help, and and our mission or my I work every day on this is like how can we make you a better cook? I still believe that um, there is a way to uh, make it easier for people and help and support them to learn how to cook and it can be done by technology and if the end result is that you're a better cook then then i i think it's all going in the right direction so we're not cheating so we're not cheating by bringing technology in yeah and it's interesting you know when you look back with sous vide and i don't know if everybody knows what this is but basically it, it allows you to not overcook an expensive piece of steak and and if you call it cheating, because I give you more precise temperature control and and have a, a, a science based approach to how to cook that piece of meat, then I think it, you're just ignorant to 
progress, right? But if you're and, and and the thing was always when we started to work together, Amy, people called sous vide cheating. Nobody calls sous vide cheating anymore today. They say like, okay, this is the right tool to do this, and then you're and if you give three different cooks a sous vide machine, and you say you all have the same precise temperature control tool. Still, every cook, any of those three cooks will create a different meal, and they, one will be better than the other. So there's still so much left for, for humans, for us, to, to put in our creativity and our sort of like final touches and so on. But something like keeping water at a precise temperature Having the right tool for that, I don't call that cheating. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Because I kind of cheated last night because you were <laughs> nice enough to uh, to send me uh, one of your Heston Q Smart induction burners to play with before we talked so that I could, you know, have an idea of how this technology was changing things. And for my uh, listeners out there who know my husband, they know that uh, he only cooks out of necessity because I don't cook as much at home as I, <laughs> I used to. But, you know, it is easier sometimes for him to have takeout. But that is not an ideal situation. But he's a little afraid that, you know, he'll call me. Do I need... How long do I cook this chicken breast? When do I flip it over? Should I just chop it in pieces to make sure I cook it all the way through? And just kind of these nerves. And so we we took the, the Heston Q, and I'll let you tell everybody what that is. But it kind of took some of the nerves out and allowed like a little more relaxation in the kitchen. So tell everybody, what is this thing? Yeah, basically, if you imagine um, your current situation in your kitchen on the stovetop is uh, a recipe tells you to go medium or medium high or high. And you're like, okay, what is medium high? Um, and you know that different pieces of cookware and different gas flame sizes or so produce different heat, right? So so you start with a very imprecise approach and you really don't. This is like you would say you have an oven that you just can set to low, medium, medium, high, and high, right? right. We all know right. that it makes a difference if you bake something at 320 degrees or you bake it at 350 degrees. And so what we did is we said, like, look, let's do the same thing to the cooktop, right? We don't know... Uh, how hot our pan is, we can't really regulate it, and we can make can right now we cannot maintain the temperature of the pan uh, on a traditional cooktop. And so we we basically put a sensor in the in the cookware um, that tells the um, the burner how hot it is, and then the burner knows okay from a recipe in the app the burner knows the pan needs to be 375 right now, and so the burner will make sure that the pan is just. 375 and maintains the temperature and that if you put something into that pan something cold um, that the uh, the burner kicks in again right away and says like okay we need to get it back up to 375 and then I'm gonna back off again when I reach the 375 and I just maintain it at 375 and where this really makes a, a difference is for example in a simple dish like eggs um, an omelet so every morning I set my my pan to 320, um, and I uh, beat up one egg, and then I once the pan is at 320 Fahrenheit, I pour the egg in, and that egg does not stick. It cooks perfectly, even it never gets uh, burnt. Um, and I, I actually can even get my daughter's Cheerios ready and, and get her get her ready for for preschool, right, while this is happening. and. 
Um, that's that's sort of like what was the initial goal with this, and that's, we accomplished that. And then we learned on the way also that people um, don't really know what temperatures they yes. should set. And so we created an app, and we created recipes, and then we said like, okay, chefs that even didn't know what what temperature they sear salmon off or so. So we we also defined all these temperatures for the different recipes, and then we learned that people don't even know how to prep things right. And so it, one thing led to another, and ultimately now we have a system that we call a guided cooking system. So basically you you say, I want to cook this, um, let's say a gumbo, right? And mm-hmm. people just don't know how to make a roux and, 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 and also maintain the temperature without burning the roux and what are the steps and when do I add what and how do I cut this? And so we'll just guide you through the whole thing. And whether you have a lot of experience or not, you'll be successful and we guarantee the outcome because we can help you with time and temperature control and with the right steps and there are videos for every step so you know that you that you're doing the exact same right thing well and i love that because last night i said okay let's cook something that i never cook at home and so i went and got some scallops because you know scallops are not something that we have you know locally here in new orleans it's it's not a regional food. So a lot of people don't cook it at home. They only have it when they go to a restaurant. And so I brought home the scallops and I had uh, my husband and a friend of mine and we all sat at the table and we pulled up the app and the, for my listeners out there, it all talks together and then it talks to you. So I put in there scallops and we got a recipe for a pan seared scallop And it even started with, I kind of giggled because part of the video was like, put the pan on the burner. But there was no opportunity to, to mess up because every single step was perfectly mapped out. And then if I lost attention or got sidetracked, it was like the phone would all of a sudden go, hey, lady, <laughs> it's time to turn it over. Pay attention. So, I mean, that's kind of cool because you can multitask while you're cooking something that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's true. And for people that know, say like, hey, I know how to make uh, the perfect crepe, um, they can still rely on that timer and sort of the multitasking. But we also, we, we have, of course, we know that people just, some of them know how to do this and they just want to have temperature control. You can do that too. And then there's another really cool feature in there that's like called mix and match, where you say like, look, I, I like that tikka masala sauce. I never made one before. I learned it with the queue. I want to do it again. But this time my friend is uh, coming over. He's a vegetarian. So I don't want to make the, the shrimps with it. I want to match it with something else. What do you suggest? And then we let you choose another, uh, something, let's say vegetarian, like crispy eggplants or so. And then we just combine a recipe on the fly and guide you through that as well. So we try to accommodate for different types of cooks, the more spontaneous ones and the ones that are very insecure and sort of like want really step-by-step guidance and really heavy guardrails. And then we also let the pros do their thing. So where are y'all getting the recipes that are in the app that people are, are cooking and following along with? And how do y'all test them? 
So initially, we, uh, we uh, develop, everything is developed in-house, software, recipes, the media content, and so on. And then, so we have a team of chefs. Actually, the, uh, the, it's led by Chef Philippe Tissier, who won the gold medal for the Bocuse d'Or uh, as a coach last year. And then two years, three years ago, he won the silver medal for the U.S., uh, in France, is sort of the culinary Olympics of cooking, and the reason why we why we have why we're really happy to have someone like Philip uh, Philip lead the team is we we wanted to make sure we start on the highest level of craftsmanship uh, because again we don't want to dumb things down we want to help you to actually learn new things and do it the proper way um, and so all the recipes are developed the initial set uh, was developed by our team there and we have about five six. Um, chefs in our kitchen that develop recipes. And then um, we are now, this year, partnering with lots of outside. We got a lot of inquiries from from interesting chefs that said, like, what you're doing is awesome. Uh, it's an extension of what what uh, what I, how I can reach my, my, my followers and they can cook my recipes in their home. Um, if you're a fan of that specific fried chicken of one restaurant in Nashville, um, you can now go home and cook that anywhere. Uh, and I want, I, and these chefs are interested. So we're going to partner with a lot of people that will put content into our app. And I love that because I think, um, you know, uh, just this week, I was like, okay, I am kind of in a rut at home. We're cooking a lot of the same stuff because the same thing is in season all the time. And so I'm looking for something different. And to be able to to get flavors and ideas from places outside my region, but to know that they're of the quality that, you know, you want to have out of your kitchen. I, I tell people all the time, Beware the internet recipe because tablespoon and teaspoon are not the same thing, but sometimes on a, a random blog that you're checking for a recipe, it's very easy to have a fail uh, and have ruined something because it was not tested by a source that you could trust. So, you know, having chefs test and give recipes, it kind of opens up your repertoire of what you can make, but then you can trust that it's going to be right. Right. Yeah, and, and our pro I should actually add that all of our, our recipes are tested first internally, then with uh, so people that are not in the kitchen but work for our company, and then they're tested with outside users, and then we have a beta tester group as well. Before we publish them, we know that it really works, um, and that's that's really important for us because we promise a guaranteed outcome. Um, and that, and therefore we have to really test it. <laughs> well, I, last night I made, um, the, the snapper sauce that y'all had on the, the app. Cause I said, Oh, well, let me just see. Cause I can use this on my scallops and I can use it on some fish. And it was a, a chili orange vinaigrette. And I think there are a lot of cooks out there like me who go, okay, yeah, the recipe is the guide, but then I'm going to change it around. And my husband is the kind of cook that will follow it exactly. So he was kind of having a heart attack whenever I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to puree this sauce and we're going to run it through, you know, and strain it and do all this stuff to it. And he, but I said, baby, look, we know the base sauce is going to be delicious. We just need to adjust the texture based on what we were looking for. And so uh, we used that sauce with some Louisiana sweet potatoes that we whipped with the scallops on top. 
And so it created a whole new dish that wasn't in the app, but we were able to to pull all those different things together. And I think um, for those of us who don't like to be told what to do in the kitchen, but perhaps need a little supervision because we don't like to be told, uh, it kind of fits both. So uh, just a little feedback for you. I was really excited that we were able to kind of play around and do so many different things with it. Yeah, that's cool to hear. And, and we want, actually, we, we want to open ourselves up more to contributors like yours. So because it would be great to see what you did with it and then share that with everybody else. And maybe they like that more than what we suggested initially. <laughs> well, so, Christoph, I might change uh, directions on you a little bit because, you know, we're talking about the queue and we're talking about this technology in the kitchen. And, you know, we talked a little bit about sous vide cooking. But I feel like my Facebook feed is full of kitchen gadgets, particularly as we approach the holidays of uh, gadgets that people should get, whether it's stocking stuffers or things like that. And so I'm going to ask you for any personal experience you have uh, with any of these gadgets. I can tell you that I have had some super fails and then I've had some that I'm like, addicted to. Are there any kitchen gadgets that are your go-to in your kitchen that have changed the way you cook? Um, no, I, I think I look at it as like I have three buckets, sort of the, the essential tools. Um, they basically should all fit in one suitcase because I take that with me when I rent an Airbnb somewhere and I want to make sure I can cook. Um, and then the other ones are sort of like, if you have a spacey kitchen, uh, they're sort of nice to have. Um, and then there are the tools that are just, uh, total toys and I'm completely, I'm completely prepared for them to land in the loser cabinet, which is the cabinet where everything goes that I forget about <laughs> that I have it. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I don't really indulge in or engage a lot of just gadgety things. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is always like, what are your, like, if you look through kitchen, it's a constant process of throwing things out <laughs> and, and get and just reducing to the critical essential tools. And when I look at friends or family members' kitchens, it's like, hey, it starts mostly with just very basic things that would make their life so much better if they would have it, which is sharp knives, a microplane, um, a knife sharpener, a grater that's on the cutting side, right? And then yeah. just having a thermopen, I think that's for me, like, that's just like, well, again, humans are not good in in detecting temperature of the internal of some meat. Right. <laughs> you need a tool for that. If you don't have that tool, uh, you're guessing your way through it and life can be stressful. And so there are some tools that just say these are total essentials. If you have, If you don't have them, you can't be successful. Well, so what is in that junk cabinet? I'll tell you what I had in my junk cabinet, and people made fun of me, but I loved it for a while, was I had one of those quesadilla makers, which is so ridiculous, but it was a gift. And, oh, my gosh, we ate everything in little circle tortillas for months. And then I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I can do it in a, flat, a fry pan, and I can cut it with a knife. But... So it went in the gadget drawer and then it went out to the curb with a, a note that said free to a good home and it was picked up in about 10 minutes. So it's probably in someone else's gadget drawer. But what are some of the things that you have tucked away that you're like, yeah, I might use it once a year? 
I so I have two that come to my mind right away because I see them every time I <laughs> open this drawer. Uh, one is the, the spiralizer, the vegetable spiralizer. I'm like, when I saw this, I was like, ah, oh, this is an awesome idea. And you know, Amy, I did my oils, my, and I was like, man, perfect for sort of you know crudity, which is you cut up raw vegetables and you serve them real nice. And and it, this isn't real art, but then the spiralizer was one more texture I could have, and I was really excited about it. But then I made it a couple of times. And I'm like, you know what? I just love real pasta. I don't want to make zucchini <laughs> pasta. <laughs> um, that's the one. Uh, I, I, every time I see it, it's like oh, I should use it, but then I don't. Um, and then the uh, I hate to say this, but the ISI, uh, the easy, you know, whipper. Yes. There's so many cool things you can do with it, and you you like when you see this, like ah, oh, I want to use it. And then it practically in the kitchen, I don't really in a home kitchen, I just don't use it. I mean, that's for for chefs, right? And if you have certain things on the menu totally handy to have but in your in your home kitchen uh, it just sits there yes i can say that mine sits in my storage unit i will say that my new kind of gadget or thing that may eventually one day make it in the cabinet but is currently living on my counter <laughs> is one of those um instant pots and it's mainly uh, because it's too big to fit in the cabinet <laughs> so it's living on the kitchen counter um so i i have been using that and i think that's another thing where we're we're doing time we're doing temperature we're doing pressure so it's kind of taking some of the work out of things that i do uh, so it may stay there for, uh, you know, a little bit longer. And I think my queue is going to end up on the uh, the counter next to it. So that's that's good. No, I have I have the Instant Pot. I actually have that in the one in the category of nice to have if you have a spacey kitchen. Um, I use it for one thing only, and that is uh, stock. So stock, when we yes. when I love to make it once a week, at least every other two weeks, uh, a roasted chicken. Um, and in the oven, and so I take the chicken out after it's done. I, I take the meat off and everything, and then put it on a platter. And at the same time, I throw the carcass in the instant pot. Uh, any any veggies I have at hand, a couple of spices and so on, fill it up with water. And while we eat the dinner, uh, in 45 minutes, I make this stock. And as I clean up the kitchen, I strain the stock. Everything, shut the lights, let it cool down overnight. Next morning I come, put it in the fridge, and I have chicken stock for the week. And so that's that's sort of my – but if I wouldn't have a large kitchen like I have now, uh, I don't have any other use for it, honestly, because I don't like the texture of the most of the things that – except of a couple – like beans, stews, or so, that would be cool. But other than that, I don't use it much. Yeah, I would say rice and stock are my go-tos for that. So, yeah. well, so Christoph, we just have a couple more, a couple seconds, actually. So I just want you to tell everybody where they can find out more about the queue and um, where they can get it and uh, how they can download the app. Yeah, so go to hestonq.com. So it's Heston, H-E-S-T. A N and then Q is C U E because we give you the Q to do certain things. That's how that product name came. Uh, so HessenQ.com, you can find out more. And then if you actually think, yeah, I like this, but I'm not sure, go on our Facebook group, 
cooking with uh, Hessen Q. Um, and you'll see, real, we have a lot of people that, uh, because we launched in April, and so we have, we have really hundreds of people now cooking with this. And you can see what they share and what they say about it, and you can ask them questions. And so those are the two places uh, I recommend. Um, and I hope that gets you started finding out more about it. And I, I can only say, like, in, in a few years, this will be super normal on every cooktop, really. Um, yes. For people yeah. that, that are not... Uh, really understanding where this is going to go, it's going to be normal. Uh, my daughter is three now. When she's eight, she will not understand how we cook without without all the precision there. <laughs> well, and I think technology is the way to go. So I appreciate uh, you taking a few moments to chat with me, Christoph. And uh, for our listeners out there, we had uh, Christoph Mills with Heston Q on the line with us today. And you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.